Hello and welcome. You are listening to Ask Gamblers podcast. This is a collective journey of exploring iGaming in every aspect, games, rules, promotions, through personal experiences and insights, all in order to build trusted relationships. I'm your host, Nikki Griffiths. For most people, gambling is a fun way to spend leisure time. For a small minority, however, gambling can be harmful. In an effort to help people at risk of developing harmful behaviours and assist those who need to take the first step against addiction, we decided to bring in Jack Simmons, founder and CEO at Gambam, gambling block software that prevents access to gambling sites and apps. Before we start, please bear in mind that this is an informative podcast. We kindly ask our listeners who believe they or anyone close to them who belong in the categories mentioned above to seek professional help. Thanks for joining us today, Jack. Thank you for having me. So welcome. Um, We'd like to know about how Gamban works. But before we get into that, could you share with us what inspired you to create Gamban? I've always been a gambler, as far as I can remember. And I think I, I started online gambling at about 14. And for me, it was it was online poker. And really, between you know early teenage years and up to late 20s, the only thing that I changed is I'd been playing more video slots and, and casino games rather than poker. I think I always knew that I was getting a bit carried away with these with these games and spending more money and more time than I than I could afford. And I had a big a big win, a relatively big win. We're not talking millions of pounds, but but for me a, a big win. It was it was thirty thousand pounds. Wow, that's a big win to me. <laughs> it, but, you know, and the thing is, when you know, once you've won something like that, an amount that makes you sort of you know, let's just say a withdrawable amount, mm. there's no telling you that you can't make money gambling you really do sort of, you feel you know best. What that did, what that win did is it actually transformed me from a a sort of, if you like, a recreational gambler, but a problematic gambler, and also someone who would chase losses. It actually transformed me to more of a jackpot gambler. So I was going for progressive jackpots. I was going for like the same kind of win that I won. And it's incredibly likely that you'll you'll strike twice. So um, the amount that I was wagering was way out of kilter with the amount that I was um, likely to win. Anyway, I knew after handing a lot of that money back that this couldn't go on. And I tried stopping many, many times. Um, and, and I found it increasingly difficult. You know, when, when you try and quit something, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be smoking, drinking, uh, food, obviously junk food. The setbacks are the things that really hurt because, you know, it, it, it attacks your level of confidence. And, and my willpower, or, or as I like to think now, my won't power, um, <laughs> wasn't enough to sort of get me out of the gambling trap. So, okay, I looked at some various tools that would help me. And I think I probably, it's fair to say, I think I've been through most of the rites of passage that people in the same position as me had gone through. I'd cut my cards up. I considered downgrading my phone, for, you know, a, a phone that, wouldn't allow me to to gamble but then of course i wouldn't be able to use social media or anything else it was a bit a step too far i used parental control software and i I was my own parent so i created that gave a password to my father but i was you know these are tools that aren't designed to protect you as an individual so I, i i was able to get around this quite easily 
I put my phone in one of those uh, lockup safes, those kitchen safes that are on a, a timer, which I think are brilliant, by the way. But you know, I managed to, to get around that. I was just finding that you know things barriers that I would put in place. And I've heard of some amazing barriers, people sending their cars to themselves in the post on Friday so they don't arrive till a Monday, people freezing their cars in blocks of cloudy ice water so they can't see the digits on their card, giving us sort of a you know a buffer of t- amazing and resourceful tips and techniques. But I started then to look at the more specific gambling blocking tools. And, and there were a couple. The problem is nothing worked on my computer uh, which was a, a Mac at the time. So I wasn't able to to run anything. I was told to use sort of partitioning software, which would allow me to use Windows on a Mac. But then obviously I'd just be able to get around that by using the Mac on the Mac. And then once I did manage to install on, on a, it was a Windows computer, just I wanted to see what, what it was like. I found that it was incredibly overbearing in in terms of its protection. It would shut my computer down if if I accessed a gambling site. And how it picked up a gambling site, I found that, you know, if I was if I was looking for a restaurant and trying to find, you know, their opening or closing time, it would block me if they serve chips because casinos also serve chips. And so oh it, it wasn't really usable. And so what I wanted, I suppose you could say, born out of frustration, what I wanted is something that was cross-platform, because there's no point. I wanted it on all my devices, and I had, you know, a phone, a tablet, and a a computer. I wanted it to work, and I didn't want it to be so intrusive that I knew it was there and that it was a compromise, and I was prepared to pay for it. Ideally, I wouldn't have to pay as much as some of the other products to this day still cost, but I was prepared to, you know, I I was prepared to make a compromise, but not too much of a compromise, I think pretty much where what we've managed to achieve is the best of all worlds. You get to keep your the devices and the tech that you love, but we've just removed the online casino element from them. And and and, and yeah, I mean over the years that's we started with something quite rudimentary in, in terms of a prototype and it's it's just been sort of I think five or six years now of iteration and development and growth and expansion. And now we've got thousands of customers telling us that the product has saved their life, which is quite incredible. Wow. Um, That is incredible. Yeah, that's how it started. Fantastic. Gamban is easy to install on both desktop and mobile and works seamlessly on a number of devices, as you said. But would you explain a bit more about how it works? So the software is necessarily designed differently for each of the platforms that it, that it works on. But the gist of it is, is that with a device that's got Gamban on it, it's very unlikely that you'll find a gambling site that you'll be able to play on, or in most cases, even, even access. The way that the software works, if I like to think of it in two parts. So you've got the circumvention prevention, and you've got the blocking coverage. You put those two things together, and you know with a bit of a few other working parts and a bit of magic and you've got good blocking software but there's quite a lot to unpack in both of those those areas so making the software difficult to uninstall is about sort of using the features and functionality of each operating system to prevent the ability to easily uninstall it of course if you think about the the number of devices in the android sphere Last count was something like 65,000 different ROMs, different devices. And each, if you think of a ROM as like a flavor of a, a device, so you might have sort of like Huawei, Xiaomi, 
Samsung, and mm-hmm. Nokia, lots of different kind of providers, and they've all got their own embellishments on top of the core operating system. And some of the, the problems that come with that is, and we're still just talking about Android here, some of the problems that come with this is that, you know, some of the devices, particularly the lower end devices that need to preserve as much battery life and memory as possible, will try and kill off background apps. And so there's kind of, there's individual features that we have to do for certain devices, and that's what keeps us very busy at on a tech level, as well as, of course, the other devices we, we operate on, Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android. And then, of course, the underlying DNS and core technology that, that powers Gamban, all of the, the device applications really are just a way of keeping the, the device connected to our, our backend, which is um, extensive, but also balanced. And I, I think we'll I'd imagine we'll we'll get onto this. Um, if there's anything that frustrates a a customer more than allowing a gambling site, it's blocking a non-gambling site. Hmm. All hell broke loose when we um, we found this is about four years ago. Using a VPN, a virtual private network, YouTube and Netflix were able to sort of spot the use of uh, certain VPNs, and I think our, we got flagged and uh, quite rightly. The customers were incredibly annoyed at the fact that they, they, their use of their device was being affected. And so it's, it's, it's preventing things like that from happening that, that is, you know, people quite rightly want to use their devices how they want to use them. And that's the whole philosophy of Gamban, but it just does the blocking of the, 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 the online gambling and nothing else. So that's pretty much how Gamban works. You've got the, the circumvention prevention and the content blocking. So that sounds to me that this, the software can block any gambling site and content. Is that right? Yes. So it's important to mention that this is, we're talking regulated gambling sites, gambling platforms and apps. That's gambling apps, sites, and apps within apps, I suppose, as well. Um, that's regulated gambling products and that's unregulated gambling products for block block both so we don't differentiate between what's regulated and what's unregulated and in terms of the sort of the typology of platforms that we're blocking we're blocking all the sort of stuff that you would expect so casino slots bingo lottery poker and then some of the stuff that you might not have associated including some stuff that isn't necessarily regarded as gambling by the gambling commission in the uk or other regulators but that is still harmful to individuals with gambling problems and that is casual volatile trading which i'm happy to talk more about skins gambling so you know kind of the onward activity that uses skins from games to gamble with are typically quite primitive sites given the the uh, graphically immersive games that people are coming from and of course gambling with whether it's skins or crypto or pay later currency, whatever the form of currency, if it's gambling, if it allows you to stake money for a you know for an outcome, then it's blocked. But all of this is you know it is again it's it's very much a, a balance because we don't want to block too much. You should be able to see what your favorite sports team is doing without necessarily being able to bet on. So how does Gamban identify and block gambling sites? And does it also block ads, including on social media? So Gamban doesn't block ads, nor is it ever designed to. I always recommend using an ad block, and there are some really good ad blocks out there. 
So, you know, Gamban isn't designed to block ads. But in terms of the the sort of how we identify gambling sites and, uh, and, and apps, there are some automated components, but everything comes back to human verification, human checking. So nothing goes into our block list without being, I say that actually, there's, there's one exception to that, two exceptions to that. Anything that uses sort of like a, a, a TLD, a top level domain of like .bet, .poker, or anything like that, that's automatically included in, in our block list. Anything that sort of, that is published by regulators as licensed regulated betting platforms are scraped. And there's a lot of other scraping that goes on, so so it's great. But it's all fed back into a backend that allows us to individually assess whether or not that, it, that is a site that should or shouldn't be blocked. So it's either blacklisted or whitelisted. Now, in very rare cases where there isn't a gambling site that's blocked, customers can tell us, we'll block it. It takes about 30 minutes for changes to be pushed from uh, request to blocked. But in terms of the automated elements, there are a bunch of rules and sort of automated uh, settings in place around regular expressions that are quite easy to define. So, for example, like I mentioned with the restaurants that serve chips, that's a that's something that we wouldn't want to block the word chips. Equally, something like poker, although you might say it's quite a fair word to block, I mean, it's unlikely, you know, you might have a site that sells fire pokers. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but... But something like Casino, other than a French brand of supermarket, Casino is relatively easy to understand what, what it's referring to. And so what we can do is we can use the outbound traffic through the DNS servers to assess whether or not a site has the kind of the word Casino in it. And then, again, it doesn't get automatically blocked. It comes back to a list and then it's it's verified. Another kind of example of a rule, we, we find that there are some gambling operators that sort of use non-resolving domain names and can spin up new sites to evade blocking. So what we can do is if if you've got, I'm just going to use a made-up example of a casino, watchcasino.com. If they start using one watchcasino.com, two watchcasino.com, three watchcasino.com, we can block watchcasino.com with anything wildcarded before it. So there are some things that we can do to prevent rogue operators from sort of trying to bypass what we're doing, if that's the intended thing, which I'm, I'm sure it isn't. But if it is, then that is something that we can counter with automated approaches. Okay. And how does the database of gambling sites work? And how often is it updated? Uh, so it's in real time. Whilst we're speaking, there'll almost certainly be some added to the list, or at least added for human verification. It's based on volatility and propensity to, to risk. So in terms of coverage at the moment, there used to be about 85,000 domains. Perversely, there's now about 55,000 domains. And I'm quite happy to cut down as much as possible because this isn't about blocking as much as possible. It's about blocking exactly what's ne- what needs to be blocked. Mm, yeah. um, and so, you know, there are lists and things that we can we can buy and that we can use that, that would take our blocking coverage into the millions. Uh, in terms of combinations and, and so on, but it doesn't actually need that. We feel that we've got the most, not necessarily the biggest gambling block list, but the most accurate gambling block list. Yeah. And so I, I think it's fair to say that we've got the highest number of sites added to a block list, but that's not really something worth celebrating. You want to know when you use the software, it's going to block just gambling. Um, and, and, and what we found is that you can cut out a lot of the, the noise and just focus on 
the areas of harm and, and, and where we are at the moment. You know, it is, it's kind of having cut down a little bit. It is still now growing, but typically a lot of it is based on the rules and the combinations uh, that, I, that I mentioned just before. Yeah. Okay. So who do you recommend should be using Gamban? Usually our customers will sort of fall into one of two two groups, people who want to use the software for a short duration and people who want to use it for a long duration. Um, the short duration is kind of what we what we would call sort of the timeout, the freeze, the cool off, and the longer term duration is the, you know, get me out of gambling, I want to stop longer term, obviously, the self-exclusion. And a lot of this is, is reflected in, in, in the work that we've been doing with GamCare and GamStop in the UK in the talk ban stop initiative where the take up of longer term licenses has been one of the most positive outcomes where cost isn't an option where it's completely free in the uk to to get gamban uh, through talk ban stop increasing numbers of people are using longer term protection okay if the software blocks gambling sites would the user be able to unsubscribe from marketing emails or cancel their account in a casino after installing gamban no no it's unlikely that a customer would be able to access a, a gambling site once it's installed right. or, or rather once more specifically once it's been installed and the cache has cleared but it might be an idea to do this before installing gamban good advice yeah personally in terms of you know i say this is someone i haven't gambled online in a very long time and i still get letters sent to my home and my parents home address which I find quite funny. Wow. I would recommend using a new email address if once you've stopped, it's probably the most, it's a bit of a, a frustrating step, but you won't always be able to get off these marketing lists. That's the way I would do it. If, if you're particularly attached to an email address that, that you've had or you've had it for a long time, you know, you can unsubscribe through your email uh, itself. Usually there's a way to unsubscribe without actually having to go to the platform itself. But the actual marketing and the ad blocking and all that kind of stuff is fairly outside the domain of Gamban. Is it possible to uninstall Gamban? Could you explain more about how the uninstallation and subscription period work? Gamban has been designed to be difficult to uninstall. Now that varies from platform to platform, but if you do the, the typical sort of hover over an app and try and uninstall it, that that won't work. So it's not it's not a case of being able to uninstall it like that. There's a certain amount of tampering that would have to go on in, and going through settings and trying to find a way. Everything that we do strikes a balance between intrusion and protection. So while on one platform it may be uh, slightly easier to circumvent than on another, everything that we do is based on trying to make the level of protection as good as it can be on that platform without being overbearing and obvious and intrusive. The answer to this problem, I firmly believe, is in layering tools with support. Mm -hmm. There's quite a lot to unpack there, but um, what I mean is using, so if you're in the UK, I know this market very well, you've got Gamban blocking software, mm -hmm. you've got Gamstop, the self-exclusion scheme, you've got bank blocking, um, so that's merchant code blocking that your, your bank can, on request, can stop you from being able to gamble and spend money with gambling merchants, 7995, the merchant code, it blocks all of that. Right. If you've got those barriers in place, you've got that friction between you, the urge to gamble, and the, the activity of, of gambling, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, I use, I'm a subscriber to, to I'm a registered 
what do you call it, a registrant of, of GamStop. I, I have merchant code blocking and obviously I use Gamban. And if I wanted to gamble, it will take me hours to find probably a, a very obscure site that won't allow me to use you know, fiat currency to pay in. And by the time I found something, I'm the urge is gone. I know that I'm not going to get paid out by that casino because they're sort of, you know, fly by night site. If, and that is if I can find something. Look, what we've done is we've made it very difficult for people to be able to just act on impulse. And, and so the, the question, how easy is it to uninstall, you know, but in and of itself, you could just buy a new device. You could factory reset your device. So it's a bit of a moot point. The answer to gambling cessation and stopping is to try and get a number of barriers in place up front. Ideally, ideally three and talking, reach out to someone. That part of it as well, what, what we found is that it gives you a really good foundation for recovery rather than putting on a plaster and leaving it. It's, it's about sort of doing something with that space rather than just hoping that by blocking it out, that's enough. Yeah, absolutely. And how about the subscription period? So generally on the website, if you're coming to the website and paying for the software, you don't have to pay. You can go through TalkBand Stop in the UK. You know, we're trying to do more in other jurisdictions to make it available at no cost to the end user. Uh, but if you're coming to the website and you're buying the software, it's, it, you're, you're looking really at one year, £24.99 to cover up to 15 devices. And if you if you prefer, you can you can use Gamban on a month month to month basis. So it's a, a rolling thing at, at two pounds forty nine a month. And what happens is towards the end of the subscription, you'll you'll be messaged. I think it's sort of seven days before the end and three days before the end to be told. You know, if you want to continue, your protection will either continue if you've got a form of billing um, in place. If you haven't got a form of billing in place you'll have to take some kind of action in order to, to ensure that, that the, the software runs. And if you don't take any kind of action, then what happens is the software basically ceases on your, on your devices um, at the end of the subscription period. Okay, thank you very much. When Gamban was developed, how was the balance between intrusion and protection struck? Again, this is, a, this is an area of balance between two components the blocking coverage the content that we block that you know on the on the block list and the circumvention prevention so we can kind of look at both of these so what we're trying to do here is we're trying to sort of go a step further for our customers and block the riskiest elements and typically we have to block sites based on their most volatile product because we can't block sort of you know certain products within a platform i think one of the things that that was particularly interesting, an inequality economist and former trader Gary Stevenson talked to us about how the level of return that you would expect as an investor is completely out of kilter with what you would expect as a gambler and that the amount of money that you would have to put in to make any kind of noticeable return. I mean, you know, typically you're looking at about sort of 2.5% return, but as a gambler, I'm looking for sort of 3,000%, mm-hmm. which just doesn't happen unless you're gambling. So, so what we found is that our customers typically shouldn't be investing and so so we've taken that that leap of faith it's a bit of a blunt approach but but sorry the in terms of the the balance between intrusion and protection that's one area where we kind of maybe had to go a little bit too far but that's only because it's a very unclear area in terms of the circumvention prevention 
Um, obviously, we don't want people to be able to uninstall the app simply by holding down the app and, and you know, watching it squiggle and pressing the cross. We also don't want to take administrative rights of your device. It's your device. It's not ours. And if you do access a gambling site, we don't want to shut your computer down. We want we want you just to, you know, veer away from that site again and back back to what you were doing. We don't want to punish you. So what we found is that there is a trade-off between intrusion and, and protection. I think we get it right, and that's what others tell us. Uh, we commissioned Vita to uh, define fundamental standards for gambling blocking software. And what we found as the five fundamental standards that come out like this, accessible, effective, responsive, accountable, and safe. And so if you've got those standards in place, which I believe we do, and we've got more research to back that up, then I think you manage to trade, you manage the trade-off between intrusion and protection. Yeah, the good guidelines. Players will undoubtedly appreciate us mentioning that Gamban is available in the UK and also in Norway. Are there any other countries where players can use it? Yes, pretty much everywhere. Right. Everywhere in the world. I looked at this very recently. I looked at our, our traffic because I was interested to see on Google Analytics, I was interested to see sort of, you know, where people are visiting the site at least. Not necessarily where people are using the apps, but where people are visiting. And what was interesting is since we launched, roughly a million people have visited the website. That that obviously doesn't include mobile, but but that's what it's 920,000 people have, have visited, uh, and these are uniques. So these are people that have visited the site. The only two jurisdictions where we've had not one visit have been Greenland and North Korea. But every country other than Greenland and North Korea has visited Gamban.com. So the, the actual software itself is completely location agnostic. It doesn't matter. The only thing that I can say around certain locations is that we are improving the locality of the DNS servers just to make the uh, the speed, the bandwidth a bit faster. And also we're, we're working on translating and localizing content to ensure that, you know, other markets can, can find the product and, and, and that they understand what it does and how it works. But, you know, I'm staggered when I see the volume of traffic, the volume of users from markets that we have no translation, no translated site, no no paid marketing, no SEO, nothing. And the number of people that are coming in from, from countries, I mean, particularly Finland and Germany, uh, the Netherlands, it, it, it's incredible. And we are translating the, the, the content and the site just to make it that much more understandable. But the fact that people are finding this off their own volition, off their own back. Actually going out of their way to find something to help us. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the reason for that is that support in some of these territories is either not available or there isn't that much support. There isn't maybe a a, a self exclusion scheme as such, like a register, and and you know people sort of taking control into their own hands, having to go off and find find tools that that can help. So yeah, I mean everything that we're trying to do is purely based around signposting and information awareness. Because if people need a tool like this and they don't know about it at the point where they need it, then it, it really is no good. So, so we're, we're very keen that more people are aware that these tools exist 
so that if they do end up needing them, then they're aware of where to go. Because it's a very confusing, very difficult time where you've you've lost more than you can afford to lose. You, you're in despair. You don't know what to do. Uh, I've been there myself. It's at some of my worst, my lowest moments. I've twice I've called the National Gambling Helpline in the UK just to talk to someone and just you know for a bit of assurance and. In some of these territories, I mean, India is another example where very high population density, gambling is mostly ring fenced to, to one of three sort of areas, rummy, poker, and sports. And even then, sports is a bit sort of gray area. But we've just found that there's like literally no support. And um, yeah, a lot of what we're trying to do is make sure that there is at least something in place for people in areas where there is not much to help. And of course, we can then drive that push towards a layered approach once once there's at least you know some discussion being had in that area what a wonderful thing to be able to give to people i think amazing talking about different locations does the software also work if the device is connected to vpn it depends yes and no on mac and windows yes mostly on a new version of the android app that's coming out imminently yes uh, the current ios so iPhones and iPads, customers, if they want to use a VPN, if they, can, if they contact us, we can configure it so that they can be able to. VPNs are designed to sort of get around local networks and be able to. So it, it is, it's always a bit of a challenge, but this is what keeps us busy. The new, what we found is that there is increasing compatibility with most VPNs. And we try to make sure that these are, these are, sort of able to work together and recognize that, you know, for some people, particularly work where you're maybe required to use a VPN, that there is some compatibility. But we've explored blocking VPNs as well. I mean, that that is a viable way of doing blocking, but that would be, again, a step too far in terms of intrusion versus protection, we feel. So it kind of depends on the device, but, um, it's we're finding that it's getting better and better in terms of working working with VPNs and, and compatibility. So now let's move on to talk about results. Could you share some facts and figures as well as Gamban's impact? So in 2020, Gamban commissioned an impact study to gather user views and experiences of the of the software. And this was conducted by, by Vita. So let me set the scene. We had 280 survey respondents uh, and 14 interviewees for a follow-up interview. Some of the kind of qualitative feedback that came from the interviews, people have said that Gamban started immediately to stop further harm. Several said that Gamban had saved their life. Gamban was often described as a safety net or a security blanket. People explained how their urges to gamble felt overwhelming and having Gamban made them feel protected and that this was a relief in and of itself. Gamban gave people space from gambling in which they could break the habit. This allowed them to find other things to do with the time they gained, recover financially and rebuild relationships. A motivation to keep going grew with having money in the bank again, spending time with people or doing things that mattered to them. By contrast, uh, some people continued to be burdened with overwhelming debt, were socially isolated, or were struggling to cope with mental or physical health problems. For some, taking the first step and installing Gamban helped them to acknowledge the problem and seek other forms of help. A couple mentioned the importance of Gamban for them during the COVID pandemic lockdowns. 
A few said Gamban had allowed them to stay connected and continue to use their phone and the internet, which otherwise they would have had to give up. That's very much like how I felt you know, when I started this. People's reaction to being able to circumvent Gamban was mixed. Uh, some people felt that Gamban was still very important and useful and that no tool was foolproof. Uh, some reflected that there was no quick fix or silver bullet and relapsing was part of recovery from addiction. For some, it led them to use other self-exclusion tools as well as or instead of Gamban. Others felt very let down that Gamban had promised to protect them and failed and blamed Gamban for the money lost. And again, that plays into, I think, the, the importance of, of, of layering. But look, everything that we know so far uh, in our journey, everything that we know tells us that blocking software should be used as part of a layered approach. What Gamban is committed to doing is providing the very best that blocking software can deliver. But what we're talking about now is 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 what blocking software in general is able to do. And you know, we're drawing on on the most advanced, skilled technicians in this space. We're throwing huge amounts of time, um, money in the past, you know, still skills, time and money um, on on each major platform. Our raison d'etre, our everything, our mantra is to make blocking software as good as it can be, but that's exactly what it is. It's as good as it can be. And so using blocking software, using Gamban as part of a layered approach is is absolutely critical based on what we found so far. And that, by the way, is why I'm really pleased to be working with Gamstop and Gamcare as part of Talkband Stop and introducing the merchant code, the bank blocking as well. So you've got those kind of multiple barriers in place. Absolutely. And that's, that's brilliant. How many downloads has Gamban had so far? Where do most of the users come from? So by far, most of the users have come from the UK, but I think that's only because, you know, we're predominantly based in the UK and have made most of the progress we've made in the UK. Just uh, just underneath the UK in terms of volume of users, I'd say the US, Australia is pretty high. Again, Finland, Denmark, Germany rank high. Total downloads to date, I think we're sh- just shy of about 100,000. That's not necessarily active users. active users. Active users would be a lot less than that. But total downloads, I'd say somewhere between 85,000 and 100,000. I'll need to check, but that's sort of latest count, something like that. Okay, great. Thank you. Sometimes it's hard to tell when gambling crosses the line between entertainment and addiction. What are the main warning signs players should be aware of? For everyone, it's different. It might be frequency of deposits. It might be quantity of time. For me, one of the most telling indicators is a very difficult one to quantify, and it's very subjective, but it's it's based around dependency. How much do I need this? So, you know, Yes, you can go by amount of money, but again, that's going to be different for everyone. Yes, you can go by amount of time, but you know, for some people, they've got more time, more disposable time, more disposable money. Dependency is, is, is I think, critical. And you can kind of softly check in with yourself and measure this by the, for me, it was the lack of pleasure derived from winning as compared to the displeasure from losing if that makes sense. That's quite a hard one to articulate, but I wasn't getting as much joy from winning as I was getting pain from losing. 
I found that by trying to stop for a little while, seeing if I could, that was a good indicator of whether or not, you know, how much I needed it. Lack of enjoyment of other activities and pining for gambling. It's funny, I can, I can, I can load up a computer game and play, but my, my interest in it, maybe I've got an hour in me before and I've got quite a short attention span, but with gambling, you know, at one point I was playing online poker for up to 14 hours a day and, and it's so meditative. It's like nothing has put me in a trance quite like being, you know, in front of either a video slot or, or online poker. And I don't know why that is, especially as the only action for me is to hit a button or you know, with poker slightly more, I guess. But where your level of dependence on it grows, that that's the most, that's the most telling sign. So it, it's kind of irresponsible for me to sort of say, well, you know, once you've bet whatever percent of your salary or once you've spent X amount of hours in the day, it's more the reason that you need to spend that amount of money or that amount of time. And that to me is dependence. And I think it's a metric that, well, it's not even a metric. It's, it's, it's something that you can't really measure. I suppose the problem gambling severity index kind of touches on it, but it's, it's something that really only you know. And I would, I would say that the best way to find out about it is to maybe speak with someone else who, who can, you know, ask questions of you that, that get you thinking. So if you are at all concerned with your gambling, a lot of jurisdictions will have a gambling helpline in the UK, the National Gambling Helpline. Just call someone and, 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 and ask them. They're not going to tell you to stop gambling. They're going to listen to you and, and, um, and advise and ask questions. And hopefully some of those questions will be around your level of dependence on it. And is it filling a void that nothing else is? Or why do you need to do it at sort of, you know, one or two in the morning? What is it? There's lots of questions to, to sort of ask. And, 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 and for me, the line where it goes from sort of entertainment to addiction is entirely based around why I need it and what relevance, what what dependent why why i'm so dependent on it as an activity how do you think gamban could have helped you if the software was available back then immeasurably mm. more so now that talkban stop um in the uk offers all the practical and helpful tools under one umbrella so if i so if i called up the national gambling helpline which i did and they told me that I could do this and I could do that. I could put the blocking software on. I could then I could sign up to GamStop if I hadn't already. I can't think of any other. I'm not saying that gambling addiction is an easy thing to give up by any stretch of the imagination. And it's very, very complex. And usually there's some underlying aspects to it. But in terms of putting barriers in place between you and gambling, I can't think of any other vice that has that level of barrier block you know, in, in, in place. I think the, because I'm quite an open person, I was prepared to call, but there will be others that maybe, maybe won't have that. Maybe it's a bit intimidating to make that call, but given that the tools are accessible through, I mean, the tools are accessible if you, if you wish to come to, if you go to GamStop or Gamban and just go directly. But, but if you call up someone from the helpline, you're getting the software for free and as a you don't have to open up particularly but just checking in with someone I, I i feel i feel is really helpful and you get what you know i suppose my my family were able to deliver a lot of what helpline advisors can deliver 
to other people who haven't aren't as lucky as I am to have such a supportive family. But the helpline advisors were very helpful to me, and and I think just having just checking in with someone is really important as well. So that if 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 I were experiencing my problems now, I sort of I'd feel like I'm in better company. I'd feel like I'm not alone, and it wouldn't be as alienating. And the very fact that these solutions exist and the you know that it's quite a an active space i'm i'm not for a second saying that it's it's easy for people easier for people now i'm not saying that but i do think that having these tools these tools will come a long way our tool has come a long way i hope that when people use these tools they do two things they use them all at once not not sort of putting one tool on waiting a bit using another all at once check in with someone talk and commit thank you for sharing that i think that will really help people what steps would you advise casinos and affiliate sites to take for the sake of promoting responsible gambling, apart from the warnings that they are obliged to point out? For example, Ask Gamblers has a clean sheet casino page where players can browse online casinos with the best track record in resolving complaints as one of the extra steps towards responsible gambling. This is good. And actually, I used the Ask Gamblers complaints feature a long time ago, with success. It was a gambling site that refused to pay. It was about £4,000, and it worked. Um, it, it, and and it, they seemed keener on me sort of removing the review so, uh, than, than paying up. But it, 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 it suggests that Ask Gamblers has a lot of weight in this space as an affiliate. And so, you know, I suppose with great power comes great responsibility, and you're, <laughs> you're adding value as, a, as an affiliate in terms of knowing where to, where the most reputable places are to to bet the black market undermines a lot of regulated gambling so making sure to out promote illegal offshore offshore casinos is is a really important aspect in terms of going the extra mile and and, and this is entirely in in my opinion all we can hope for is that when people need help that they're aware of the resources before they need them okay so and there's quite a lot to unpack there this point is around education so as i said before unfortunately it's usually quite a confusing time for people when they're when they're in that place where they've lost too much to lose when they know they need to stop but this is a really important place as well because this is a place where a bit of a turnaround can happen it's what we call the teachable moment but there's a lot of noise and competing resources in this space. So you've got, you know, where do I go first? You've got this, you've got that. A signposting to GamStop is a licensing condition and therefore, you know, obviously very important. And it's also a really good first portal call. Likewise, signposting to the National Gambling Helpline in the UK directs people to a safe pair of hands and that's really important. There will be different jurisdictions where there's sort of obviously different um, resources available. So just consider that, you know, there's no point referring people to something in Spain where it doesn't uh, where, where it's only available to people in the UK and so on. What we found is signposting to Gamban is also very useful as it's a non-intimidating first step. It's, you know, as we've seen in the impact report, it's taking the first step in installing Gamban, helping to acknowledge the problem and seek other forms of help was the feedback that came came from the impact review. And, and you know, in the UK, if we're talking about the UK, talk ban stop is a really powerful way to bring it all together. 
assets are available for talk ban stop. Assets are available for Gamban in markets and jurisdictions where some of these other resources aren't available. But yeah, everything is is is, is then about education and awareness. Um, and this is achieved. It's 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 one of those sort of areas where it's achieved by lots of bits and pieces. So it's achieved through integration and distribution. It's achieved through working with customer support teams. Um, it's putting information on confirmation emails. So once I've, if I've logged a complaint with Ask Gamblers, for example, if an auto email comes back to me, clearly I have a problem, not necessarily a problem with gambling, but a problem with this operator. You might say to me at that point, look, these resources exist, should you need them at a later stage? RG page info is always a, a you know a, an easy one to, to sort of tick off. Uh, information in the footer is usually quite powerful. We found that quite a lot of traffic comes in through uh, footer placement to Gamban, which is quite quite useful. We can sort of feedback elements of in terms of like top level stats, how many people visit the site, which gives you some kind of indication of of efficacy. In terms of going the extra mile, it, it, it's a tough one, and it's not a, a very tangible answer or thing that you can, um, can can do, but it's just about information awareness. Uh, I forgot to mention social media as well, but that's obviously quite a useful medium for, uh, for communicating, say for gambling. Okay, great. Jack, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Before you go, tell us where we can find more information about Gamban. You can find more information about Gamban at www.gamban.com. Lovely. Nice and easy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Gamblers, a leading iGaming platform on a mission to provide current and accurate information about online casinos worldwide. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a burning question or a topic, make sure to send us an email to podcast at askgamblers.com or visit our forum to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and hit that follow button. If you'd like to know more about Ask Gamblers, you can check out our website, askgamblers.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Ask Gamblers. On behalf of our team, thank you for joining us.